All right, you are now listening to the Last Men Potting Podcast. I am one half of your host, Ahmad. Here are my co-host, Steve. Steve, how you feeling this week? Squad, I finally got some rest uh, today, so I think it's good. I can get in here and uh, go a little little debate style. It'll be Skip Bayless of this shit. Well, so, you know, we want to lay out the format for y'all before we get started with the podcast. We felt like, uh, you know, Steve and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, we, we've we've dabbled, would you say, Steve, and podcasted in the past, you know, uh, well, we, in a we, c- couple different formats of podcasts. Yeah, we've done a little of this and that. And, and we decided to, to come up with uh, the last men potting because we felt like on a lot of the topics we want to discuss, whether it's like health and fitness, life in general, the money, making money, work, all that type of shit. We weren't seeing the types of conversations that we like to have about those, about those things out in the space. So we wanted to put a podcast together and we felt like a, a lot of these podcasters take themselves way too seriously. They're, uh, they're way too scared to say a lot of different things because of quote unquote political ties to the entertainment industry or they don't want to get canceled or any of that type of shit. And it just made me. I won't speak for Steve, but it just made me feel like there's not a lot of men left. So, hence why we are the last men potty. <coughs> yeah, you me, I don't give a fuck about getting canceled. I've already been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. you can't cancel a nigga that's already been canceled. Yeah, I can barely work a job. I'm just going to cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, cool, what, what are you going to take my Google account? I don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, barely work an entry level job. <laughs> <laughs> You know, let's let's just jump right into it. Um, so jumping into this Vince McMahon shit, he uh, has been having a little bit of a rough month with, um, you know, a lot of accusations at first coming out about his behavior in the past of um, being sexually aggressive towards women in the workplace and some settlements that were paid out. And uh, according to a news article, he agreed to pay more than 12 million over the past 16 years to suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity, an amount far larger than what was previously said, because when this first started a couple weeks ago, it was in the low millions. Um, It says that these payouts went to four different women, all formally affiliated with the WWE who signed agreements with McMahon that prohibit them from discussing and uh, making um, other statements publicly about these situations or him in general in public. So it says that um, some of the state, some of the settlements that were previously unreported was a seven million, seven point five million dollar pact with a former wrestler who says that Vince McMahon coerced her into giving him a blowjob and then demoted her, ultimately declined to renew her contract in 2005 after she resisted further sexual encounters, according to people familiar with the matter. The wrestler and her attorney uh, approached McMahon in 2018, so 13 years later, and negotiated the payment in return for her silence, the people said. So these dollar amounts are all unverified because the women 
that are on the other side of these settlements are allegedly not allowed to talk about this stuff legally. So, you know, th- th- there's a lot of hearsay here, but he did step down as chairman and CEO of WWE. His daughter, um, who's a public figure as well, has, you know, been in front of the camera as a long time, um, a part of like the wrestling storylines on TV shows, but has also been behind the scenes, like helping run the company. I forget what her role was before. But anyway, she's stepping up to become the chairman and CEO for the time being and maybe, you know, permanently. Um so where do you want to start with all this, like with 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 the Vince shit, Steve? Well, I, number one, and also too, I want to get to his daughter uh, taking over the company. I think this, my conspiracy theory, mind says Vince took one for the team. It's like this Trump like allegations. We could promote her. It's women's empowerment. It's all of that. But number one, we're gonna go to the number one, right? Because Vince violated the fourth crack commandment. Never get high on your own supply. What? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like, what? Why would you go in there? And they had some gorgeous women in the WWF, right? Trish Stratus, Tori Wilson, all of those. But it's like Stacy Keebler, Stacy Keebler, like all, like all of the divas were just tremendous. But they didn't really had no nice black drawings back then, though. Oh, I don't, I don't know what the problem was. Like, they had, they had was, J- Jacqueline wasn't it? You know, like Booker T's wife. What was her name? Uh, I don't even remember Booker T's wife, so obviously yeah. she wasn't that special. No, nah, because that was, she was on the clip that uh, I sent you with Kurt Angle. Um, remember, like Kurt Angle, the Perk Angle drone? Did you watch that? No, Z- but Z- I, I don't want to sidetrack us too much. But um, but you know, I think that, that is relevant. What you were saying that is relevant though because of how like the culture was just out in front, where it's like you got Kurt Angle talk about he wants to have bestiality sex with Booker T's wife, and then he goes in the back and like pretends to rape her after a match, like it's. Like the well, culture, so to, to give people yeah. a little bit more context that aren't familiar with wrestling, um, <clears throat> back when this was happening, early two thousands, late nineties or whatever, was considered, I guess, the attitude, the quote unquote attitude era yeah, of and, wrestling, and the where they area. basically all the storylines on the TV shows were geared around pushing the limits, yeah. whether it was pushing the limits of violence. Um, of what, of, of language, what you could say on TV, um, of making the women do more and more extreme things sexually, like, you know, mud wrestling matches and stuff like that. Like Vince even had a whole storyline where he would make different wrestlers kiss his bare ass cheeks yeah. in the ring. So I think that in that sort of work environment with the type of content that they were creating allowed some of this shit to happen where like, you know, the line is kind of thin when your employer is telling you to go down to the ring, strip down to your underwear and wrestle around in mud in front of 20,000 people. And then you come backstage like he's obviously not re- like making you do respectable content. So that would make you think he doesn't respect you. Right. So like it doesn't really surprise me that he was, you know, sticking his hand in the cookie jar or, as Steve said, getting high on his own supply. Yeah, it's the fourth crack commandment, man. You cannot get high on your own supply. You're better off doing the Robert Kraft going to rub rub a tug spot. I also feel like if you're a billionaire, you should be able to be a lot more discreet than these guys. Like, I I don't, I never understand. It has to be like for, uh, to quote Family Guy, for the sexual thrill (laughs) that these guys do this shit. Because it's like, when you're a billionaire, you have, you can pay for the ultimate discretion. 
Like right. whether it's a prostitute or whatever, like we know that presidents have been doing this for years, that there's highly paid people that arrange this type of shit so powerful people can still get their shit off in private but not fuck up their their moneymaker. And it always baffles me when guys like Vince or Robert Kraft or whoever else you want to throw in there get caught up with this shit. Because it's like, bro, you have all the money in the world. Like, how haven't you built a bubble around your 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 lust demons? <laughs> like, I, do, I do find it interesting when we talk about, like, statute of limitations or just, like, the culture of the Me Too movement where some chick says back in 1919, uh, this uh, rich billionaire did whatever. Like, because when you're looking at it from like, the early 2000s, late 90s to 2022, that might as well be the 1950s because the culture is just so different now from what it was from the early 2000s, like how people interacted in a work environment and how what people do. Like soon enough, like they're probably going to shut down any type of dating in a work environment because it's not safe for the employer. Well, I mean, most employers now openly discourage it. Like yeah, they, they right. say that they you can't prohibit it because of, you know, civil rights and whatnot, but they openly discourage it and like they want you to disclose it immediately if it's happening. And I know a lot of corporations, like if they find out two people are dating in a similar department, they'll separate those people and make sure that they're, they don't have any contact with each other during the workday. Yeah. Um, so. You know, those rules are there for a reason because there's guys like Vince and shit like this that are, you know, they're going crazy behind scenes. But like the the other part that I thought was interesting, and I think Kevin Hart showed a good example of this a few years ago when he was being, if you want to say, blackmailed or, you know, being held accountable for some of the stuff that he was involved in. He wasn't involved with any sexual harassment. It was just infidelity against his wife that this person was gonna expose him for and he said well fuck it i'll expose myself i'm not gonna pay you money and uh you know i i thought that was a wise thing to do and he he's still making content about it he did a whole netflix show about that shit last year um so i i don't get why guys like vince when you're in that position as well Maybe you're more so beholden to the shareholders and you don't want to fuck up the WWE with a scandal back in the early 2000s. So you just say the lesser evil is to uh, is to pay these women out. But for the information to ultimately come out anyway and you end up losing your position, whether or not, you know, I won't get into Steve's conspiracy theory that it's all a, a plan like <laughs> Like, I'll just say, you know, on the face value of it, it's like, what was the point of the settlement? Now people know that, like, it's confirmed documents that you're into some weird sexual shit. Like, it's not rumor. Not even weird sexual shit. It's just like you're abusing your power in the workplace. Yeah. Which I guess you could say is weird. I don't know. I, yeah. like, you, I guess you shouldn't you shouldn't be abusing your power in any way, especially not sexually. Yeah. <clears throat> That's I mean, just it's, no good. It's is. Like from the allegations, which you just explained, it does sound Weinstein-ish, where it's like uh, you suck my dick, you get demoted or something. It's like it's just it, it crosses the line of you know just uh, quote unquote infidelity once you start talking about affecting people's like work hours and stuff like that. Well, the infidelity is about his wife. Yeah, who cares about her? Like she's she's finished. Well, he's her. a public figure, and she and she's a I think she's like a senator or some shit. So 
people care, you know, people that vote based on those type of things, I'm sure they care. It's like, oh, well, your husband's cheating on you. I'm not going to vote for you because your family, like, you can't be, you know, a family values candidate and your husband's out here stealing blowjobs at the, <laughs> at the workplace, you yeah. know. I don't see, but that's the thing where like, it, I think we should, cause we're probably going to touch on the, the senator thing later. So we're probably crossing topics, but I wouldn't even vote for like, I wouldn't care about that. I'm like, yo, can you lower these taxes? Can you fix these potholes? Like, I don't care none about none of that. A lot of people still are into the virtue aspect when it comes to voting. Like, and you know, th- th- there's a lot of like political shit where they show. Um, the, the amount of scuffing that you should have on your shoes, what type of tie you should wear. Yeah. If, if you wear glasses, you need to put contacts in. If you're short, you need to stand in ways that make you look taller. So I can see why, like, you know, they, they say the lesser evil is to just pay this money out because, you know, we're trying to run this billion dollar business and you're trying to have a political career. But it ultimately comes out later and maybe they maybe they knew this shit was coming and they just decided to package it in this way and promote Stephanie at the same time. Because I think the the plan was to promote Stephanie a long time ago anyway. I think this is just a way to do it so that the backlash from this PR situation doesn't affect the the company as bad because, you know, they still got to think about their share price and all that type of shit. I haven't looked at to see what their share price is because, I mean, the whole market's in the toilet, so. I I don't know if you can even isolate the WWE if their stock is down or up right now to say that this has a huge effect on it one way or another. Uh, it's making a slight comeback. Was it down around thirty one thousand something like that? Yeah, but see that. But I'm saying like you know you got to look at long term trends. <laughs> of like, course, you can't look at short term. Short term. Oh shit! The investors got skittish because you're a pervert. Like <laughs> <laughs> that. But see back back to the the. The conspiracy theory aspect of whatever promoting Stephanie, I want to know who leaked this information. Like, what if, if the people who signed the agreements to say that I'm going to take this money and not talk again, if they didn't leak it, then who did leak it? There has to be somebody that had knowledge of the situation. Um, like, you know, these, these journalists and shit, like, at a certain point, like, you can figure out that a settlement is made, and then once you you know, report on it, you know, they just say like, oh, sources close to the parties involved said this shit or sources like until they can verify, okay, it was this person at this date. Cause I was kind of looking at like old pictures of wrestler divas trying to figure out who it could have been that like left around 2005, um, that, that, you know, had some notoriety, but you know, maybe it could have been somebody behind the scenes. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of allegations in the past. Like I believe Sable, like a couple of a couple other divas had a lot of you know different problems and misconduct that were like open. They weren't necessarily against Vince, but it was just against like the culture, like the fretwood culture of the company and just like being an uncomfortable workplace. Well, I I, th- I think that culture it is what caused all of this shit because yeah. the women were. It's like now it's completely different. Like the women are the primary stars from what I understand. I don't watch wrestling anymore, but I I still see the billboards like out in Vegas. Like they, they just had one out here like a couple weeks ago and you see like the women are in a prominent position and shit like that now. Um, So I think they had to flip it away because like it was extreme. Like they used to do, I, I remember being a kid and 
setting my VCR to record hot lesbian action on Monday Night Raw because I couldn't stay up late enough to watch it. But I was like, oh, when I get home from school tomorrow, I'm going to watch the HLA. Like, the HLA. That's what they called it. Like, shout out yeah. to Eric Bischoff. Hot lesbian action every Monday at, at like the 10 o'clock hour. I remember well, that shit vividly. Well, remember Scott Steiner used to come out with his freaks. Yeah, like a freak of the week and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, you had the, the good father. He was a pimp. You had Val Venus. He was a he. His character was a porn star. Like, so like the whole thing back then was very sexual, and t- to be frank about it, it was demeaning to the women. Like, mm. like all the female characters were, you know, they were made to. I don't know if they were made forced to be in Playboy or not. But most of them did Playboy photo uh, shoots, and most of the time when they came out to the ring, their their ass cheeks or whatever was out. Because I remember um, Steve Austin's wife, Deborah, she talked about how she wanted to do Playboy, but Steve wouldn't let her. So I think all those women openly volunteered to do Playboy, China, Tori Wilson, all those. Well, so that that brings me to the other half of this, where it's the accountability aspect of – all right, you did these things, and now you want retribution for these things because they were inappropriate. And, yeah, they were inappropriate. But the the thing that stuck out to me in uh, in this article was the woman says McMahon co- – this is what the sources are saying. McMahon coerced her into giving him oral sex and then demoted her and ultimately declined to renew her contract – after she resisted further sexual encounters. So if I'm reading that correctly, that I take that as she agreed to give him oral sex. And when he wanted it to continue, be on a continuous basis, she said, no, this is a one-time thing. And he was like, well, it's not a one-time thing for me. So he fired her. So my, my whole thing is, I don't know if you, how can you sue for something like that? When you agree to to participate in the sexual encounter, whether or not it was coercion and he was using his influence to get you to do something is kind of irrelevant to that point if you agree to it, because we all have the ability to say no. And it's like at a certain point, I think you're just making a choice where you're saying that your morality in this situation isn't as important as the opportunity that this guy can provide you. Does that, does that make sense? I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but I, I mean, you know how much people worship their job. So <laughs> there's some dudes that I've worked with. I'm like, I do kind of wonder if you're in the same position as some of these broads, would you do the same thing? It's like, it's like, Oh, my job, I can't lose my job. So, I mean, I think there has to be accountability on both sides. It's like, you know, Especially if we, this is my thing with the Me Too movement. It's like it, it's almost counterintuitive to saying, you know, equality. And like if you're equal, then you shouldn't be able to circle back around and be like, I was coerced. It's like, no, like you have the same cognitive ability for what you're saying. You have the same cognitive ability and the same power um, from a, a, a mental standpoint to say, say no and to have the same strength to stand up for yourself. So I completely agree with you from that standpoint. It's like the, the accountability aspect. But, I mean, as a boss, you probably, you oh, probably no, like, shouldn't. I, I, I don't want to get it twisted. Vince, yeah, yeah. It, Vince is totally wrong for that. Like, outside yeah. of the funny part of getting high <laughs> on your own supply, it's like you can't be at the workplace nah. saying, 
promotions are based on who sucks my dick the best. Like that's it's, wild. That's nuts. It's not that's, the nineteen fifties. Like, nobody should have to deal with that type of no, shit. Like that's, that, that's crazy. And yeah. being a business leader, you shouldn't want to lead your company like that because that shit trickles down and then your employees start doing that type of shit. Like like you said, Sable was saying it was uncomfortable in the locker room or backstage or whatever. So like yeah. all of that shit just makes the company less productive and it's it's no good. But getting back to the accountability part, because in, in reading these stories, I, you know, people's, you know, I, I like to read the comments sometimes just to see how people react. And I saw somebody posted a link to a podcast that um, there was this porn star named Lana Rose that she was on where she was talking about being accountable for some of the things that she had done. And I think it's a, this is an extreme scenario, but it applies. So I'm just going to play a, a couple seconds of this podcast so you guys can hear what she had to say denial sometimes and I can't accept some of the things that I've done there is one thing that you know I tried talking to a therapist about before something that I had to do for a scene that was really rough for me um and I didn't know how to say no it was one of the most disgusting foul scenes I ever had to do and I'm telling a therapist this and they don't even fucking know what to say to me. Yeah. yeah. No one can relate. Like no one fucking knows what to say about it. And I mean, to me, it's just, it really makes me sad because I think of the girl and I think, wow, like I can just see it in her eyes that she did not want to do this scene, but she's doing it because of the reasons of, you know, she needs the money or this is a flexible job for her right now. She was convinced she was pressured. You know, she was manipulated into doing this by her agent because he, you know, told her like, it's either this way or the highway. Like I, so what are your thoughts on that, Steve? She did something that she was uncomfortable with at the time. Yeah. She knew it was wrong. And now she's, you know, years later trying to reconcile with what she did in the past. And that's the same thing that these other women yeah. are doing when they're it's this incident happened in 2005 and 2018 is when they came and said, we're going to go public with this information if you don't break us off seven and a half million dollars. Is That's the figure gangsta. that they that they decided on. So I I think that type of thing is interesting. Where it's like you know this is wrong. You're doing it. It's wrong. The situation didn't work out for you then, but 2018 around is when the Me Too movements started. You probably yeah. maybe it's a, a year or two before that, but you start seeing like oh shit, I like you can come back on something that you did 20 years ago and get some money or get some get somebody fired or whatever. Like, yeah, let me go ahead and do that. Like, that that's what I see this as. Yeah, it's high-level extortion. Yeah, because, like, at, at the end of the day, just like this girl said, she did disgusting, vile things that I I didn't <laughs> want to play on the podcast because it's just, it, yeah. it, it is vile. It's, <laughs> she did these things. She agreed to do them. She got paid to do those things. And if you say you didn't know how to say no... You still took the money. So, yeah, you you got to go talk to your therapist and try to figure out in your own head, like Steve was saying, why were you agreeing to do things that your mind was telling you were wrong? But I don't know if that should require financial compensation on the back end. Yeah, that's that, that, that's just the, the sort of question. Like, you know, if you can in this country. If you you can sue people for anything, so if you it's not about what you know, it's about what you prove. That's what they all what you can prove. That's what they always say. So if you can say like, yo, you did some shit that was fucked up, and you have money, give me some of that money. 
and shit yeah. like that that's how the shit works yeah and, and that, that is an interesting thing about that Lana Rhodes clip, which because she was what eighteen when she was doing all that stuff. Probably something like that. Yeah, 18, it's 19. Like, yeah, it's like how, how old is nineteen really? Well, yeah, I mean, Chappelle had was it was it Chappelle or Rock had that that bit about how old is thirteen? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you know, look, look that bit up, people, if, if you've never heard it, because it, it makes That's a Chappelle. good point about how old thirteen really is. So and, you know, it's the same thing with these girls getting put in these positions, whether it's being a diva on the WWE, being a porn star, being a stripper, being a city girl, being any of this shit. It's like, you know, it it is kind of short sighted because you're using what you have at the moment. What's that quote they always say? You got to use what you got to get what you want. Yeah, but and that's another thing too. Have people ever analyzed what they want and why they want it? It's like, is there any specific reason as to how this will benefit your life in any way, shape, or form? It no, not not beyond the immediate need. Yeah, it, it's 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 the immediate need. Like that that's when you get, you know, if you guys remember and set it off before they start robbing banks. Uh, Jada Pinkett's character decides to sleep with her boss to get an advance at the job. Uh, that, that boss better watch out. He's in trouble. Look, Nate, before I do this, I want my check. Hey, whoa, 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 look. You're not getting no check from me until I'm done. You understand? Mr. McMahon say that is Mr. McMahon. You're not getting your check until I'm done. Yeah, this is the guy that gets in front, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly who Vince McMahon is. He, he he showed it over and over and over again. Uh, that's not what you said. Bark like a dog. Come on, tell me you're sorry. <laughs> that's the type of stuff he had women doing on TV. Yeah, like that. like stripping down to their like their underwear. In a stadium full of people and barking like a dog. So <laughs> I, I I do find it interesting that there's almost like I, I would say that there should be more backlash, but I mm-hmm. guess because it's not the that era of like the Me Too movement where it was like oh, they were ca- catching all these guys. Like you know, I I, I kind of thought there would be more backlash if, if this is what he was. You know, if he's forcing women to have sex with them and not giving them promo- not honoring promotions. And stuff women like don't that. watch wrestling. Okay, that makes. I guess that makes like, sense. Like, I, 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 men were, men were the like. It used to come on Spike TV. Spike TV. Yeah. I don't know if Spike TV still exists, but Spike TV was specifically a channel geared towards men. So yeah. all of their programming was geared towards men. Now it's geared more towards women and children and all of that, and it's more family friendly. But back then, it was geared towards men. Like grown man, a grown man could watch wrestling in two thousand and five and get entertainment. Like I said. They were having hot lesbian action. They were setting people on fire. They're crashing cars <laughs> into people. It was like watching an action movie. It just, yeah. It'd be like watching some Bruce Willis shit. So I, I, th- I think we've talked enough about that. But um, what Bernie said, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. The next thing was kind of still in this same area, but this was a topic that Steve had brought up to my attention on this uh, senator from Rhode Island. She's a state senator. Uh, Tierra Mack. 
she posted a video twerking on um on social media. Oh, Senator Mac. And um she did, and she had a uh reaction from a lot of people on uh social media about this post cuz she was on vacation and she was wearing a bathing suit and she flipped upside down started twerking and then said uh vote for Senator Mac. And a lot of people got upset about it and, and, and had some things to say. Here's a little bit of her reaction to what people had to say. What? Baby girl. Baby girl. No, this ain't it. This ain't it. Honey, baby, this ain't it. Because I am. I have an Ivy League degree and I'm a sitting state senator it's not about what I'm wearing. It's not about what I'm doing. They won't respect me regardless. I believe the word that you meant to use was reelected. It won't get me reelected. Um, and it probably will because my constituents freaking love that I'm a real person and fun and, you know, not a robot. Do y'all really just be coming on the Internet without no? So, you know, I think the the conversation here is um what do we want from our politicians or what do we expect from our politicians? It's like, is there a certain level of uh, decorum that they should follow or is it just, or or are we just in the era of personality politics uh, where we're voting for people because we think like, like they always used to say, Oh, I would have a beer with George Bush. Like, so that's why I voted for him. Like, I don't trust that other guy. So is it that or is it do we actually care about policy, legislation, how this society is run? You know, what what our morals and uh, the fabric of this nation is like, I, I think that that's what we have to decide. Uh, you know what I heard in that clip that you just played? Uh, squawkity, 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 squawkity. Because like, <laughs> I didn't hear that clip beforehand, but like even from her perspective, it's like, well, what did you do all those things if they wasn't going to respect you anyway? Like, you went to go get an Ivy League degree, like for what? And you knew you wasn't going to get no respect. Like, what you waste all that money for? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, know no, I wasn't even respect. thinking about that, but yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> is a good point. I don't know if I can get no respect, but I have to finish this. It's like, what? But I, I think that's her point. Her point is saying, like, I'm not going to get any respect anyway, so I might as well shake my ass. Which, uh, which it's like, if that's how you feel, I kind of respect you for putting it out there like that. Like, and just saying, like, look, like, they not, they don't respect me, so I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And what I want to do is shake the ass, shake my ass on the beach. So, in that, in that sense, it, I, I do re- commend it because it's like you're being you. And if that's what you want to do, you know, be you. J- just be willing to deal with the consequences is all. No, nah, that shit not commendable in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. They are building senators a lot different. When I was a kid, it'd be some old fat white guys as a senator. They are building senators a yeah, lot different thick. nowadays. She, 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 it was back there. <laughs> Where they find these senators at, man? But, but shout out to her, whatever weirdo state that she's from, one of those super liberal states. She seems like one of them senators that try to take your guns out of your hands and raise your taxes for no reason. Yeah, um, I, I don't know her political affiliations. Don't really care about her political affiliations because I don't have any political affiliations. 
I, I just was saying, like, hey, this is something that a state senator did. So I'm just curious as to how people feel about that shit. It's, it's but, definitely um, it's, it's definitely strange because, like you said, it's like, how is you doing this going to benefit my life? But this is a campaign now. This is how you like it's like when you watch the head of state, like all the stuff that he was doing to try to campaign. It's like all, all he had to do is get out there and shake his ass. You know, Chris Rock was really ahead of his time with a lot of his fucking movies, like because. Because this is head of state. I wasn't even thinking about head of state, yeah. so you just said that. But if you think about, like, what what he was doing, like, vote for Maze Gilliam, and he was, like, doing all the hood shit, and then he would go over by the country people and start wearing the, the cowboy hat and shit and do the barbecue. And, you know, when he went to the hood, he started acting like a minstrel. And it's just like... <laughs> Like, maybe this girl, like, you know, she has an Ivy League education. Maybe she studied psychology and realized, look, I got a bubble. Let me show them the bubble. And some of these insecure, goofy-ass people will come vote for me because I shook my ass. Like, maybe she's advanced. She's further advanced in the algorithm than we are. So, yeah, you know yeah. what? Like, I, I, I'm going to give her fully the benefit of the doubt with this shit. I think it's all strategic. It, it, it went viral. Yeah, she did her job. She knew what she was doing. Yeah, you know, so if, if you're into that, vote for Senator Beck. This is not a paid ad. <laughs> this is not a paid ad. My man gotta say she wanna go viral, and she did. Yeah, I, I think that's what it just comes down to at the end of the day. Like, people wanna go viral, like, and you just gotta find your way to do it. Um, I would think being, cause you know what? It comes down to being a senator isn't enough to go viral. Be like, if you're a senator and you start speaking some truth or you start saying things that are relevant to people's lives, like, you know, what's going on with the water supply? Um, why was the vaccine mandated for everybody to take? And then the Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional a week after the deadline. Like, you know, you're not going to get too many senators that want to talk about shit like that. So she knows, you know, sh shake my ass, I'm going to get right to the top of the algorithm. If I talk about the truth, I'm going to get buried on the algorithm. Or or they're going to put fucking ads or disclaimers on my posts because I use certain trigger words. Or they deplatform you. You're never going to de get deplatformed shaking your ass. And, you know, so some of the other things that she's affiliated with. You're not going to get deplatformed like that. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that's just where we're, where we're at now, like in, in politics. And you'll it's like the next political race is going to be, a, the next presidential race is going to be even more of a mess. Yeah, who knows? Senator Mack might be the next president. I, I, nothing would surprise me. <laughs> N nothing would surprise me anymore. Like, you see who the people in this country elect. They'll elect anybody. Vote for President Mack. <laughs> Vote for back, hit it from the back. Yeah. She could be doing a doing a full blown porn talking about vote for President Mac. You know that's coming. <laughs> like like last year they had stripper commercials for Biden. Or whenever what was that like what was that two years ago? Yeah, that's two years ago at this point. Time be flying. Yeah, I do. Oh I didn't I didn't vote in that election, so You know I didn't vote. Um so moving on to something that I thought was interesting this week about um, privacy and maintaining your personal space and your peace and all of that shit. 
And uh, this came from the always wise Vince Staples. I, like Vince Staples says a lot of wise shit for a young guy. He's not even 30 years old yet. But uh, this was Vince Staples talking about um, not letting people know where he lives. You think I let him come to my house? I like you, bro. You funny. You a good dude. <laughs> no homies come to the crib. <laughs> Corey, you hear this? No friends come to the crib. <laughs> what? Nobody. No. Do they even know where you live? No. Who does know where you live? My mama. Um, and I, I, I'm not mad at that. Like I, I. I think, you know, Vince has talked about in his music a lot that, you know, everybody he's ever known has asked him for money at this point. Um, you know, some of the stories that he tells about for uh, about his uh, upbringing in Long Beach sound drastic and traumatic and all those other fucking verbs, you adjectives you could put on there. So I can see why he don't let people know where he lives. But I mean, as a person that doesn't have a lot in common with that background i don't be letting a bunch of people come over my house like it's it's really only been family or my very close friends that i've known for like 20 years have been to my home currently so um i i agree with vince yeah i mean that's the reason why you get rich right like what what style say if i showed you where i live you would think i was hiding like that's the purpose of that Get you some heavy artillery so there's any strangers that come across you, blood or hell. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. That's why you, that's, that's why, that's why you build an empire. That's why all empires have a gear around Cause you're not supposed to be in here. This is a, what, what Drake said. This is a gated community. Please get the fuck off my property. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the wise <laughs> words are always failed in hip hop. So, you know, go, go find those lyrics about guarding your peace and all of that shit. But yeah. I, I just wanted to put that out there because I, I thought that was that was wise for Vince Staples. Just 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 a little quick thing. Like, hell no, nah, let the homies know where I live. Like only my mama knows where I live. Yeah. And and we well, know some of you niggas can't even let your mama know where you live because she's the worst one. But that's a whole other conversation. What's that say about like just like friendship in general? It's like the homies can't know where I live. It's like like are people that bad in general? Or you? They're they're not your friends. They're they're not your friends. Like or or it's like there are certain people like you know certain niggas I used to fuck with that I used to know you could only hang out with him during daytime like. Yeah. You know, when the when the nighttime comes or the alcohol comes around, like you got to get as far away from them as possible because you never know what's going to happen. Maybe it's just, you know, niggas come over and they don't know how to appreciate shit. Like, you know, they what was it? Uh, Rick James fucking up the couch talking about your rich <laughs> motherfucker buy a new one. Like yeah. maybe niggas is coming over Vince's house doing shit like that. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a guy I know. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you, you brought up Styles P briefly there, and um, th- this isn't going to be a recurring state segment, but I think it, c- it can uh, be on the podcast every now and then. It's the, the misadventures of Styles P, because, <laughs> like, we're always, um, we're always talking about some random shit that Styles P is involved in, and uh, this past week, Styles got into a confrontation with the cops on the street of New York while they were arresting a woman. And uh, I just want to play a little bit of uh, Styles P's reaction with the cops. Yo, 
So to give a little context, uh, the woman, I, I think she would call it shoplifting and the cops slammed her to the ground. So it's two cops on top of this woman on the ground and the person that's recording is standing there and Styles is standing there as well. That's a girl, too, by the way. That's a girl, by the way. And I got you on camera. I hope you got me on camera. I hope you got me on camera. I hope you got this on camera. He gets in the cop's face, starts calling the cop a pussy, a bitch, and all of this. And then he tells the cop at one point, don't touch me because I'll lay you out and all that type of shit. And. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Styles P's music. He, he's my second favorite rapper of all time. I only think Nas is better than him with the pen. And uh, Styles is one of those people that has described himself as the gangster rapper, not a gangster rapper. And I just find that th- this is very on brand to be a nigga that just runs up and tells the cop, cop, you're a bitch, mid-arrest, you're a pussy. <laughs> like, arrest that he wasn't involved in. He had nothing to do with the situation. <laughs> but he just ran up to say, you know what, let me put my life in danger right quick to tell this cop he's a pussy. Because that's what's on my mind. And that was a very Styles P thing to do. Yeah, like, it almost makes up for all the love and hip-hop stuff and crying on television. Well, that's why this is a recurring segment, because Styles P <laughs> will also get on a reality show and talk about the uh the infidelity with his wife and cry about it and all that type of stuff. That's why I fuck with Styles though. He's an authentic person. Like he like you 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 don't really ever sense that he's he's fucking faking the funk. So, you know, whether it's you know crying on reality TV or telling the cop I'll knock you out, like don't touch me, you know, that, yeah, that that's the, gonna be SP to go. So shout shout out to Styles. The misadventures of Styles P that that'd be that would be ridiculous. You found one clip per week just like that. In today's news, like, we saw Styles P at a corporate executive office, like, calling the owner a bitch. Well, I mean, I follow Styles <laughs> on IG, and it's an entertaining page. So yeah. <laughs> there there probably could be some shit to post from there every week. That like, is crazy. That, 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 that nigga, he's a wild nigga. This bitch is the Styles P. That is hilarious. <laughs> so, um... All right, so you want to talk about Brent Fires now? Oh wait, no, we got we got to uh, do animal behavior. <laughs> Forgot about, I've been waiting to play this shit the whole podcast. <laughs> so we have a segment here um, called Animal Behavior, where we just like to analyze some of the animal behavior that we've seen in you know whether it's on social media or in the news during the week. And just react to it. This is a safe space. This is not an area for judgment. This is just an area for analysis. So, um, you know, if you end up in the animal behavior section, no, it's all love. We're just trying to figure out what the fuck he was talking about. Let me play the intro first before we get started. Set this shit off right. Just a fucking animal. Bark like a dog. Come on. We ain't nothing but mammals. What kind of animal smokes marijuana at his own confirmation? So, um, starting off with Kevin Gates, who I feel like is going to be a frequent, a frequenter in the animal behavior section. He, uh, did a podcast or interview with, um, I think this is Young Miami of the City Girls, and the topic of, uh, infidelity came up. <laughs> 
if we was together and I step out and I got fucked, like you're not tripping on me. You're not gonna tell me. Is I'm gonna tell you no. You ain't gonna show me the video? Hell no, no. So I can look at that bitch with you and just my shit just rock up and I bust you up after I watch the video? You just gonna go just just get dick and not tell me? <laughs> Thoughts, comments, but concerns. You know, you know it's funny though, cause uh <laughs> You know, uh, there's all these videos on YouTube where you talk about holding masculine frame and all that type of stuff. It's like that. I, what he did was a great way to throw her off, though. Like, because you could just tell she just didn't know what was going on. <laughs> like, it's like, like it was just a Ke- Kevin Gates is a fucking psychologist. Like, he he's told niggas yeah. this. He's he was in jail studying Brilliant. psychology, and he knows how to manipulate people with this shit. I don't believe nothing Kevin Gates says. No. But you know, too, because he's an interesting guy because he's the main one talking about semen retention all the time. He's like, yeah, you know, you got to do this. And it's like when I really started getting in shape is with the semen retention stuff. So, you know, I, I do find it surprising. Like you said, he's just one of those guys like um, what's that Eddie Murphy movie where he was like the holy man or something, whatever it was called. He's like sleeping on the floor and doing all this type of stuff. Kevin Gates is that type of guy. It's like you never know what you're going to get when you're around this dude. Hell no, because the nigga gets right on the track and talks about how he's about to go back to Baltimore and start selling the dog food again. So, like, I have no idea who Kevin Gates is. And, like, I think that's the point. He doesn't want you to know. He's just putting out a lot of various things to confuse niggas. Because I've also seen him on a on a podcast talking about how he solved the throne of God through his heart chakra. So it's like you never know what you're going to get from Kevin Gates. That's why I always like it. But the animal aspect of saying you're not going to show me the video is why we're here. What's the reaction to that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's strange. It's, but it's very attention grabbing. It kind of almost makes me want to watch the whole thing. But, but like you said, just to, it was so off putting. Like she didn't even know what to say. It's like, <laughs> hey, this, <laughs> this thing's more of a piece of shit than I am. I don't know if you know. I don't even know. <laughs> in order to take her from here. Yeah, because she thought his feelings was going to get hurt. He was like, yeah, yeah. I like that. More. Yeah. It's like, like how, do you, how do you get some give back on that type of guy? But see, I, I, I like that how he, he immediately flipped it on her. It's like, no, yeah. like, I'm going to make you uncomfortable now because you, you, you thought you was going to put me on my toes with this fucking bullshit. Like, no, here, bitch. Let, let me put it back on you. Let me, let me learn something about you real quick. But, um, but the whole concept of these dudes that that like to see their their woman get fucked. What, what are your thoughts on that, Steve? I mean, it's weird. Like, I I wouldn't really be into that. But I mean, I guess it's like if you watch a lot of porn, it's like you know, is there anything more strange than watching two strangers have sex? It's like at least you know the one person that is <laughs> just having sex with. It. I don't know. It's, it's, it's off. It's, it's very off. Yeah, but, I mean that, that that's why you know we probably should be watching that type of shit. <laughs> no, like but, no, like no, the no. girl said earlier, the guys ask her to do the most vile things that she's ever heard of. Like yeah. it's not shit that's meant to be watched by you know healthy people. Like it's it's bad, no. but you know I, I I can't judge you if you do it. I, I I'm not gonna act like I've never seen it. Like you know it, it's there. Um, so more animal behavior. This time coming from Blueface. This is another one that Steve sent me. How many, how many females do you think you'd knocked down in the last six months? Let's say higher or lower. Five. Uh, hell no. Higher? Probably like. No, 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 no. Oh my god! What'd you say? A thousand. 
I'm a fucker. I'm a, I'm a fucker. This nigga said he's a fucker. Yeah, well, this man has a gigantic tattoo on his face. Like, what do you expect from a guy like that? So, you know, I'm a numbers guy. Um, <laughs> 1,000 divided by 180, we'll, we'll say 180 days to six months. Is, that's five women a day. That's, that's a lot of women, Blueface. Like, well, I, we, I think that's the reason why he's a one-hit wonder. He, he's spending yeah. a lot of time being a fucker. What was his his hit anyway? I don't even remember him really at this point. The shit with uh, Cardi, the um, uh, bust down Tatiana. Oh yeah, yeah I remember that now. Yeah. Since January or six months. It's like sometimes it might be a threesome, it might be awesome. I didn't have a, I didn't have a fivesome. Yeah, That's the most you've had? yeah. So um, you know, I, I guess if, if you're trying to get them numbers up, you gotta have multiple participants. So he's he's he is being efficient with his time in that way, but yeah. You know, a, a thousand is a lot. Like, I would feel like, like obviously he's exaggerating because if, if he fucked a thousand, like, this nigga would have all of the AIDS. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, 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 when you read the Bible, it says, like, um, it might say like a thousand, but it's not a specific number. So it's probably like <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it's probably like, it's like, it, you know, it's just been a lot. Like, it's many. Okay. But it's just like you said, at some point, it's just counterproductive. It's, you know, you're getting up, you're doing that and you got to be exhausted. Like, that's draining to do all of that, you know, especially like you're exerting bodily fluids that are essential to your body. This is no good. You can't be doing that all the time. Well, I remember there was this guy. um, I think his name was uh, let me let me get his name right. There was this band um, named Three Dog Night that was out in the 60s, 70s. Um, their biggest song, you've, you've probably all heard it. One is the loneliest number. Um, but anyway, one of their lead, uh, artists, Chuck Negrone was, as Blueface, uh, put it, a fucker. And, um, on a show called, I don't know if you guys remember, there was like a I Love the 90s or I Love the 60s and 70s. All that shit used to come on VH1. I'll never forget this story because it was so crazy that he said that he had so much sex that he, uh, you know, split his man in two. But he, he had he was in pain while he was having sex for a while before that, you know, incident where he really, you know, damaged himself happened. And he just kept fucking through it. And it's like, you know, some people, I I think that's when you, you know, get to the animal aspect. Some people, it's like, like you said, it might not be productive, but I'm a fucker. I I, I gotta, I gotta fuck. And the the guys that are in that position where, you know, you're an artist, especially in the sixties and seventies, that whole free love era, like he was probably getting so much strange that, you know, it eventually became a problem. At some point, though, it has to be like work, right? Like, and then also too, when you talk about work, I'd be ready to call out work when my elbow hurt. Like, I'm not fighting through nothing. Like, like, well, you, you just brought up the Bible. It, it, it did it say that the the Most High rested on on the seventh day. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, no. but but these dudes, they, like you know, it's no. But it, it also says there's no rest for the wicked. So. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know if it's, it's not for me to judge if that's wicked behavior, but if you're splitting your shaft in two, 
you know, from, you know, because you, you, you're stroking too much. Like, yeah, you, you're doing too much, fella. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the ultimate doing too much, the ultimate edible behavior. So yeah, so that that's that that's just a taste of what we're gonna be talking about in animal behavior. It's not always gonna be sex, because you know, there's still people that are walking around barefoot on planes and <laughs> shit like that that need to get called out as well. So animal behavior it does not discriminate. So we'll be oh. back next week with more animal behavior. Oh, but oh, moving oh, on oh. to music. We wanted to discuss Brent Fias, Fayaz, however the fuck you say his last name. Um he dropped his latest album, Wasteland, last week, and uh I guess this is like his third or fourth album. He's still an independent artist. This is definitely his biggest album uh feature-wise. It's It had more fanfare, a lot of build-up to this album. I think people were waiting for it to see what he was going to do because he really started to, you know, grow in popularity these last couple years. And uh now he's at the point where he's doing Drake features and all that type of shit. So, um, you know, he puts out this album, Wasteland, and um Steve, what'd you think of it? Uh, <clears throat> I thought it was a decent effort overall. I mean, it's definitely feature heavy, and, but overall, it's something that from listening to a lot of his previous music, it doesn't seem like he's really elevating the sound, so to speak. You know, it's like... I don't see this as an improvement over um what was the F the World or whatever it's called, like the last one. I don't I don't think it's better or necessarily worse than that album. Um I think there's certain themes and aspects that he's trying to like touch on just kind of from a growth standpoint that I didn't feel like he completely executed um in a sense that really made sense to me. You know, there was parts of it where I kind of felt like well, I don't know, it, it's just strange like his persona and then and then we'll talk about this later coming like from an R&B standpoint. It's like more like the hip hop, like, you know, I'm doing this with your girl and all that type of stuff. Also, too, I dislike interludes. So that's my biggest problem. Or not interludes, whatever it's called, the skits and stuff. Like, that's my biggest problem with this because it makes it feel so much longer. And to me, I feel like the skits are completely unnecessary. So. Well, so <laughs> I I thought that the album. The album left me on the fence because like now that i've listened to it about two and a half times because i tried listening to it when it first dropped and it was in the morning when i was doing my morning routine and the mood just was not right so i turned it off tried to listen to it another time in the morning didn't work so when i actually had some time i sat down relaxed had the environment right the appropriate things around in the environment infer with that what you will and listen to it again enjoyed it a whole lot more like I think just like you know I also went from listening to it on the headphones to listening to it on the Sonos this is not a paid ad but Sonos feel free to pay us because I do like your shit but you know listening to it on that and you know just sitting there chilling listening to the music like listening to the lyrics not listening to the lyrics just trying to get the vibe of the whole thing. I liked what he was trying to do. I think the skits, like you said, they throw the whole fucking tempo of the album off, like especially the last skit because it's five fucking minutes and there yeah. never needs to be a skit that long. Um, if if you're go- If you want to tell this story of, you know, I'm a famous guy 
the fame is getting to me, the the drugs, the the women, the money, all that shit is getting to me. And I'm ignoring this girl that I got pregnant to the point where she feels so alienated that she commits suicide. If you want to tell that story, cool, but tell it through the lyrics and the songs. Don't give us 15 minutes of skits like that's nuts. Like if if you want to do that, like, you know, do a YouTube show or or whatever, a fucking short film. Don't do 15 minutes of skits on the album because like the skit in the middle is is long as fuck. Like he's in the car with the girl and he's getting text messages and shit and then they end up fucking. I'm like, this is long as hell. Like you wouldn't even watch a scene that long on a TV show. Two people in the car that they like it would have to cut at a certain point. It's like, all right, this scene is too slow. We need some action. The fucking network would give you notes and say to take that one back to the writer's room. Like you gotta pull a titty out a lot sooner or something. Like this, this is crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I think that th- those are my main problems with the album. But the the actual production, I, I saw some people review it said that the beat sounded too bare and shit like that. I like the minimalist production. I thought it sounded really well. I, I thought it sounded really good when it was you know turned up loud. Um, and Lyrically, I think his verses are pretty good, but some of the hooks are pretty simple on the album and, and some of them just don't work for me. I think sometimes like on Addiction, which is probably my favorite song on the album, he did the hook. It, the hook's really simple, but it works. But on some of the other ones where he's just like, the pussy's all mine, it's just like, all right, bro, this is just lazy. So, you know, it's, it's a very, I'm very on the fence about the album. I don't have like a strong one way or another, like, uh, like, you know, to where I could give it a score or anything like that. Yeah, I got to sit with it some more. I feel the same exact way because I kind of listened to it again. Like, uh, I listened to it one full time while I was at work moving stuff, and I kind of felt the same way, but I'm going so fast I can't, you know, turn on anything else. So, you know, but I, I kind of listened to it like a, a time and a half where I, like, separated this in the first half, this is the second half, and you know, it's decent music. I, I kind of wonder where somebody like a Vince Staples, or excuse me, Vince Fry's goes from here because, like I said, I, to me, just listening to some of his older music, like the After the World and, you know, whatever came before that, I don't necessarily, like, it's kind of in the conversation with those albums, but you don't really, like for me, I don't really hear a lot of growth production-wise or lyrically or anything like that from those other projects. So now it's kind of like, where do you go from here, especially now, you know, you're able to get these top-level features are you going to be just kind of going more feature heavy or are you going to be able to utilize some of some of these features more to kind of create more like art music? You know what I mean? And ultimately, I mean, all the features were unnecessary. I think so. N- n- none of them served a purpose. Like, e- even though, like, the Drake verse is fine, but it's like there's a million other Drake verses that sound just like that. Yeah. The, the Alicia Keys feature is unnecessary. The any bulls that he had on a couple of them tracks, I could have done without their verses as well. I don't care to ever listen to Tyler, the creator, do anything. So I didn't need that feature either. And I I think the album works. The idea works better on the songs where he's by himself anyway. It's like because it's his this whole idea of like, you know, he's doing all this shit, but he's isolated. He fucking, you know, is just doing all these drugs or seeking pleasure with these women and all of this shit isn't fulfilling him in any in any way. It's like, why do you need anybody else to come talk to you about that? Like he he knows he knows what the fucking problem is. He said it on the album. He's like he's like 
Maybe it's the drugs, it's the love, it's the whatever, or maybe I'm just fucked up. It's like, yeah, you fucked up, nigga. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta fix that shit. I like, I, that's why I like that song the most. Cause I used to drink every day. So it's like, I, I, I got that song immediately, like as soon as he said it. Cause I was like, yeah, I was doing the same shit. It's like, you don't have a drinking problem. You got a discipline problem. That's yeah. what I found out. So I, I think it's the same thing that he's talking about on this album. Um, but I, but some of the ways he went about it is just like long and meandering and the skits just bloat the shit by like, there's, I don't, I, I think it's like literally 12 minutes of skits in a one hour album. Like that's nuts. Yeah. It's just no good. And like you said, like a lot of those any ball features are just garbage. Like what's his name? Like novel or whatever his name is. Yeah. I was like, who's this nigga talking about? He got the millions. I'm like, like, I've never even heard of you. Like you, you, I know you're not getting that shit off rapping. No, uh, Trey Amani, Juni. Yeah, um, I think Joni might have been the worst because I'm like, who is this Wale impersonator on here? That, that must have been the homies. Like, <laughs> you know, T- Tupac was good for that. Just like let, get letting the homies just run wild for the last three minutes of a classic. Yeah. Like, it's it's like Hail Mary, one of the best rap songs of all time. The homies are on there rapping for way too long. <laughs> I cut it off after that second verse. Fucking picture me rolling way too much homie love. Like, like it's just way too much homies. Like, n- niggas got to start. Br- Don't bring your homies to the studio unless they're, they're really nice with it. Like, you know, like, if you got a nigga that got a pen like Beanie Siegel or some shit, bring that nigga to the studio. Don't, don't, don't bring the any bull. Because I can write a verse. I'd go sit down and write a verse right now and put a beat on. That don't mean it's going to be hard. Yeah. But back to Brent Fires, like I said, I kind of wonder where his future is. You know, he's still such a young artist, but I don't feel like there's too much growth with that persona. It's like you kind of got to get out of that and look towards deeper pastures of life because it's like the nihilistic aspect of it. You can't be like a 35-year-old man still talk about is it the drugs or the love or the – you know what I mean? Nihilists don't live long. Yeah. Like, like so, why do you think the weekend switched up the sound? You have to. Like, like at a certain point, it was going to be like, how many drug-induced orgies are you going to go to before you OD? Yeah. Like, even, even Biggie, you know, he kind of saw it when he was making his first album. It's like he kind of had to kill the gangster shit. And the, the second album was a lot more pop, like, on the on the mainstream side. Like, you know, with some of the ways that he went with the music, it's like you can't just be the most – you know, grimy nigga of all time. Cause if you do, you end up being, you know, underground artists. You, yeah. You're not going to be to the heights that Vince, uh, or Brent Fires wants to be at, you know, making this type of music for forever. Cause eventually your audience outgrows that shit. Yeah. Like, absolutely. The, the girls that love his music right now, they're, you know, in their young twenties, late teens, whatever. They're going to be 30 year old women with and children. They- yeah, and eventually like, you, you got to make music for them at some point. Yeah, because eventually you'll get tired of getting cheated on by guys like Brent Fires. So yeah, and like yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're because right now they're the girl that Brent Fires is cheating with. Yeah, but yeah. when when that shit flips, <clears throat> and you're and you're the one at home with the baby talking about, I'm really isolated right now. <laughs> like, you're like, cut that shit off. It's triggering. Yeah, see, but that and that goes back to like the conversation of like the elevate. Um, I don't know if you want to call it evolution of r&b or the death of r&b where like you'll see like a lot of those older guys had long lasting careers because they were making music about 
about like staying together or like you know trying to get the girl or, like the Smokey Robinsons, the Marvin Gaye's, and all that, and later going to like R. Kelly and all those type of guys. It's like they were making music about like togetherness. And like Tank was talking about this on the uh, Drink Champs uh, video, uh, Drink Champs video, where you talk about like the Sam Smith guy. He was talking about how he made the Stay with Me. He was like, yeah, I can't make that type of song because. You know, I'm not going to get the same type of reaction on radio. They're not going to push this type of music. So I, I think it is interesting that we're kind of seeing more that on the mainstream R&B side of more of like Brent Fias and like uh, Jacquees and all that. Like they're kind of pushing like, like that Playboy style instead of like, you know, the togetherness of like R&B. Yeah, well, I think you made a couple points there. One point was the, the longevity of your career when you sing about love and life and shit like that that's why you could still be relevant like like you see some of these dudes that don't grow like 50 cent is a is a big example of this like he got to like his third fourth album he's still trying to be a a grimy nigga from queens in his music and it's like people don't want to hear that he's even said it in interviews oh yeah you can't be the young dude at the club and all that shit it's like no you just decided to keep making grimy street music you never wanted to make music for 35 year olds or 40 year olds and then when when our other artists do that like Nas or Jay-Z or shit like that he's publicly dissed them like yeah, that sound like golf course music but like at a certain point like at the age I'm at now like you know I still like my gangsta shallow and in the gym but you know for my throughout the day like you know I like something a little bit more pleasant like if it's if that's considered golf core music, sure. Like I'm not listening to Fifty Cent all day long. Like that's not you know the type of mood I want to be in. The ski mask way and all that shit. Like I love ski mask way, but that's not fucking two o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday music. No, so so you know. I I think I think that thing applies to this Brent Fias character where he's he's young. You know he's only a couple of projects and I'm sure he he will grow up because it's like. Eventually, like, if you keep doing the club, the party, the drugs and all that, it just ruins your life. So you either grow out of it, like, artistically and as a person or, you know, you crash. So and I ain't going to predict that the man's going to crash. I'm just going to say, like, you know, a couple albums from now, he'll probably be making some shit about something else. Because he, he still ha- he has those songs in his catalog, like, yeah. Fuck the World and stuff like that, where he's... He's singing about bigger things like political issues, stuff like that. So I'm sure, you know, the lane is going to be there. And you see a little bit of that on the Angel track at the end. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely try with that one. I don't know if that's like I said, the album just kind of has to grow on me a little bit. Maybe in another couple of weeks, I'll have a different opinion about it. But, you know, uh, on the fence is probably the perfect way to describe it. But there was an aspect of it where it felt a little tedious. Because I think it's, I think the main thing with it was it's a dope concept and it's one of those things where I like a lot of different aspects of the album, but as an album as as a whole, it doesn't work. This isn't a segment of the podcast. This is just something I want to talk about. Um, This whole Gilly and uh, Rick Ross situation, where they're they're going back and forth. These are both men over the age of forty you know, bickering back and forth on social media like teenagers. And uh, I'm going to play a brief clip of it, and then I just want to discuss that a little bit. I'm only going to tell you this one time, Ross. You better stop fucking playing with me, man. You hear me? And mind your fucking business, man. 
because you went on a nigga Instagram page commenting about me, calling me out my name, my nigga, for no motherfucking reason at all. This is how this shit started. So I'm going to tell you again, man, leave me the fuck alone, man. I see your little funky ass video. I spend more money on my cow's hooves than you spend on your wife. You're probably right, nigga, because I ain't bought her. I caught her, nigga. She fuck with me because who I'm blessed to be, not because I bless her with a fee. I'd say, man, Gilly got some bars, though, I'd say. You talking that shit. Yeah, isn't that the guy that ghost wrote for Lil Wayne allegedly? He be he be talking like a pimp with that. Like, he's like one of the old niggas, like Goldie back or something. So maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm a dinosaur, like Steve said. But I think that if your brand is million dollars worth of game, if you're Ross. Your brand is being the biggest boss that we've seen thus far. I don't see the value in participating in this type of shit publicly. Um, I, I think it's corny. And I, I think, especially for Gilly, you go on your podcast and you tell the young bulls, yeah, leave that beef alone, leave this alone, leave that alone. But they're looking up to you, so show them a better example. Cause like you do this shit, then they go right back into their beef, and they be the main ones doing the videos of all the criminal shit that gets brought up in court. So like you can't go on your podcast, address that shit, and tell the young bulls that they're dumb for doing that, and then go do something stupid yourself with another grown man. Like you, you look goofy. Like so, that was that's my main thing with it. Like, yeah, of course, some of the shit Gilly says is funny because he got away with words and all that type of shit. Some of the shit Ross posted was funny, but I still think it, that doesn't make it any less corny. The fact that I laughed at a little bit. Of it. Yeah, where where did all this start? Like, how how did this start? I'm like, I, I don't know. Uh, Gilly said that Ross said something about him on Instagram. Like, like I said, it's like high school, yeah. like gossip bullshit. Like, it's not about nothing. Uh, here, here's a little, a little bit more. But ain't you the nigga that's here? I put Molly on in that drink. She ain't even know it. Goddamn, Ricky Raper, bitch. Huh? Stop talking about money, man. Cause money don't unlame a lame nigga. There's a lot of suck-ass niggas out here with money and you on the list. Matter of fact, you the captain of the Suckers with Money Association of America, nigga. And we ain't impressed. So mind your business. Because that's your problem. You're always minding niggas' business. You was minding Birdman business some years back when you was running around talking about, give Khaled the money you owe him. Well, you give me the money you owe him, nigga. Because you got him in a 1914 slave deal. A Harriet Tubman joint that he signed when he was 19 and now he's 35. I'm pretty sure Meek doesn't want Gilly Tong to tell people's business like that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, you sound nuts. It doesn't even matter if what you're saying has truth in it, because I, I don't know. Like I, I have no idea what Meek's contract says. Meek has said publicly that he hasn't made any money off of music and that all his money comes from tours and investments. But, um, you know, I, I don't know what that has to do with Ross or if, if Ross is the reason for that. I don't know. But for you to be a grown man. And using another grown man's situation to justify why you're mad at this nigga, it makes you look weird. Mm. But, I mean, he said the same shit about the Ross thing with with the Birdman stuff, but I don't know. I like that diss track, though. I think that diss track is funny. Uh, the only thing I can really say is that this rap 
entertainment stuff, man, is WWF. Like, this is not like uh, Stone yeah, Cold Steve Austin. It's not, it's not like Stone Cold Steve Austin cutting a Pro Bowl. Like, that's what that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you, your little albums and your little mustache and your beady eyes. It's like, like, like I, I, that's all I can really say. But, like, that's the problem with the rap shit, because it's like, y'all niggas gotta stop playing then. Like, like, stop acting like this is real and all that. Like, when we go to a WWE arena, we know what we're about to see as a play. We know it's not real. Like, with the rest, with the rap shit, the niggas still try to pretend that it's real at the same time. Like, stop fucking pretending that it's real and and telling niggas to run up on you and all that type of shit. Like, cause th- th- that's when you end up like Gibbs and get beat up in real life, and you're like, oh shit, I thought this shit was SmackDown. I'm not gonna lie, when, when Scott Steiner was dissing Dallas Dallas Page, I was like, wow, that, that might be real. <laughs> like, so he said, why are you on your back screaming in pain? Your wife will be on her back screaming my name. I'm like, oh no. Not his wife. <laughs> and what I'm seeing right now is a bunch of genetic. Deficient scumbags who are a disgrace to the human race. And I see a couple of pencil necks that go to the gym, pump a little iron, to hope they one day look as great as I do. And I'm saying, give it up. Take that $30 that you're wasting on a membership. Buy a case of beer. Sit on a sofa. Turn on a TV set. And look at the greatest body in the world. Do what I do best. Yeah, I, I, like, that's what Gilly sounds like. <laughs> that's exactly what he sounds that's like. A, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, all, all you niggas just need to agree that this shit is wrestling, then, and and stop, stop with the tough talk. And I'm gonna see you and all that type of shit. No. And, and this one's a snitch, and that one's a CEO, and all that shit. Like, th- th- that's my only thing. Cause y'all niggas too old for that shit. Do you think Gilly's gonna run up on Rick Ross when he sees him? Like, that's not gonna happen. So stop saying that you are, cause these kids believe that shit, and then they go do it, and they they're the ones actually blowing each other's brains out, and then you want to get on the podcast and chastise them. That's the shit that I'm saying is corny. It's like you can't participate in the same shit and then condemn it. Like, pick a side. And, 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 you know, if, if that makes me whatever, then that makes me whatever. But I'm just saying, like, like, stop the bullshit. They get like, cause grown men are watching and it's like, I, I can see what you're doing and it's, it's goofy. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't really condone that to be honest with you, but. Yeah. That, 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 that's my main point. I, I can't yeah. condone that shit. Like, yeah. you know, if that, that's how you make your money. That's how you promote your podcast. Cool. But no. Yeah, and across the same thing, it's like, nigga. You getting too much money and all this shit to be arguing with a nigga on like what? Why yeah, arguing with a nigga on Instagram? Take my phone. I'm I'm pretty sure somebody says something about me on Instagram. I'm just gonna ignore it. Yeah. Now, I I post my little my little fitness videos. Follow me at Intelligent Moves, if you will. And you know I, I've had some people post some nonsense underneath my posts, and I'm just like fuck it, keep it moving. <laughs> Yeah. It's like if you gotta go out of your way to say something negative about another person, it's like I've already won. I'm doing better than you in life, cause I don't do that shit. I, I do it from time to time. I'm not, I'm not holier than thou. I, I cuss it out from time. I mean, I definitely say shit about people. I'm saying the effort of writing it. Oh like, yeah, that's, that's or, or the post. 
That, that's, that, that's a lie. Because, like, I, I'll, I'll see some shit. I'm like, that's a dumb motherfucker. But, like, like to, to go out of my way to, yo, you dumb motherfucker. Look, look at you. What are you doing? Take this yeah. down. Yeah, unless I'm writing an affidavit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will tell. So, on that note, <laughs> we're going to wrap up the podcast for this week. Um, th- that's just a sample of what you're going to get on The Last Man Potting. So, if you like this podcast, follow us on social media. The links will be in the description. And share this podcast with your friends because we're trying to grow this thing and turn it into a community. So we'll be back next week for all new episode of The Last Men Potty. Don't mess with me. I'll tell. <laughs>